0: Hey, Marshall. Hey, Elizabeth. Do you want to talk about Lost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> yes. is it. This is the big, the big this one.
1: This is it. This is the shit.
0: Part, part two of the big one.
1: Part two of the big one.
0: This is Jungle Mystery, and we are talking about Season 2, Episode 24, Live Together, Die Alone. Part two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> part... <laughs> Yoda's joining us. <laughs> Part two, holy shit! We're gonna learn more about Desmond. So yeah, you've been wanting this all season, right? There were a couple times throughout the season where you were like, "Ooh, I wonder if this one's gonna be an episode about how Desmond got to be in the hatch." And I was like, "Not yet." <laughs> yeah, I was
1: wanting a Desmond episode for a while, and we got it. Oh, well, so we got happy. two of them back. For to back.
0: You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, let's dive right into our flashbacks. It's sure always
1: it's always what I one. wanted, but also not enough.
0: Yeah. They give you just enough. Just enough to make first, it for the next The first next couple next hits six. is always free.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. In in part one, we saw Desmond initiating the, the lockdown sequence, right? In the hatch to lock out Echo, so they could make sure the button doesn't get pushed. So in our first flashback, we're seeing Desmond do that again. He's like hot wiring the <laughs> blast doors. Yeah. In in this flashback with Kelvin. So it appears that this is something they do regularly. Calvin is using this like mixture with dish detergent to use it to paint this like invisible ink, essentially to paint this map on the blast door. We learn that his old partner Redzinski was the one who started this map, and now he is continuing it.
1: So the point of triggering the lockdown is to get the blast doors to come down. To
0: come down, yes, because the map is on the blast door. Right.
1: And from what we gather, Brzezinski might be bullshit, right? It might be a formulation of Kelvin.
0: Oh, do you think?
1: I don't know. I mean, there wasn't any other indication given. Well, he talks about him blowing his brains out on the ceiling, but like, he said he put a shotgun in his mouth, and that was a really small stain, so I don't know.
0: Okay, yeah. So the story that Kelvin gives is that Brzezinski and Kelvin were recruited the dharma initiative right and we know that this is a two-man station yeah so we we learn here that kelvin was actually recruited he's not like not like desmond where he washed up on the beach and was dragged into the hatch and is just part of it now he signed up for the dharma initiative because he was disillusioned with the military and everything and uh yeah so he wanted one to do better and namaste and all that crap right (laughs) yeah that
1: that's such a that's such a weak explanation. I look forward to getting more detail on that because okay. it, it was a very easy answer, and there are no easy answers.
0: You mean an easy answer to how he's there? Yeah. Okay.
1: Just like yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't like being a CIA handler, so I decided to sign up with the Dharma Initiative. What does that mean? How do you find out about this? You didn't Google it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I, mean,
1: I, I, there wasn't a Craigslist. You didn't find a Craigslist ad, you know? Did you see a flyer on a telephone pole and you pulled one of the little tags off that had a phone number on it? I don't. I doubt. I doubt it.
0: Okay. Okay. Do you think that he was recruited on island? Like, do you think that he ended up on the island in a way similar to Desmond, and then was just kind of like... No, I think he was recruited
1: via the normal uh, paramilitary way, like oh, okay, through contacts. Okay. okay right cuz he wasn't he wasn't delineated as an actual military person in the in the Said episodes he was like operating outside of standard ROE for the military right
0: sure yeah
1: cuz he he wasn't wearing a uniform he was just a guy i mean it's kind of like the, like the people who right were, but who, he was
0: still the, he was still working with the military and doing right but it's like it's horrible like, things that he regretted
1: Right, but have you have you seen the Bourne movies? Yeah, it's like it's like that. Is yeah. what I kind of imagine. It's but, like okay, sure. yeah, he's working for the military, but it's not it's not in a sanctioned way. Like they can immediately erase his existence if they decide to.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you think that's what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's he's it would have been easy to shuffle him off somewhere else if they wanted to.
0: Okay. Well, regardless, his his story is that he says he he left, you know, because men followed my orders, right? Yeah. He. he regrets what he did with the army
1: yeah desmond was court-martialed because he didn't follow orders, follow orders. and he yeah. left the military because men followed men his followed.
0: orders yeah right so it's kind of i can't i guess really discuss much about how long we think kelvin has been in the hatch but i'll tell you it's been a while
1: <laughs> that tracks that tracks with our understanding of saeed
0: yeah yeah at least i can say safely that he has probably been if he went straight from military to Dharma Initiative, as he suggests, probably like early nineties. And then we know that Desmond crashed on the island in two thousand one. So Kelvin has potentially been in this hatch for ten years.
1: Yeah. Approaching and we don't know
0: we don't know when Redzinski died. If, if if we think Redzinski was, he ever was real. a real ass person. If he was ever real. So, Kelvin has either been in this hatch alone for 10 years, or a little bit of it was with someone else, but then the rest of it has been alone. So, when we first met Desmond, he had been alone in the hatch for 40 days, and was fucking crazy. Kelvin's been alone in there for a lot longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oof. Yeah. Kelvin regularly is leaving leaving the hatch, and he's not letting Desmond leave. At this point, Desmond's been down there for two years and has not been outside. God. And Kelvin is not letting him go out. So, uh, jeez. I I can't imagine, like, how it's been two years and he hasn't gone outside. You know what I I mean? Like, I,
1: I, that's, that's unfathomable.
0: How, I mean, I guess last episode we were told by Charles Widmore that Desmond is a coward. But my God, how weak is your willpower? (laughs) You wouldn't just decide on your own, like, fuck this. I'm going to see what's outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. In two years? Oh, God. In, in our next flashback, the alarm is going off while it, it seems to be Calvin's turn. You know, Desmond is sleeping, but he's woken up by the alarm going off. Calvin's not there. He is drunk in the little service access tunnel underneath the room, and he's singing. Did you hear what he was singing? No. I had to look it up. He He is singing the Iraqi National Anthem. <laughs>
1: No or, shit. Or
0: what was the Iraqi national anthem at, at this time?
1: Interesting.
0: So he's drunk. he's singing the Iraqi anthem and he's playing with the failsafe key.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs>
0: so again, this guy's fucked up about what he did, right? what what he used to do. Yeah. So he tells Desmond about the key. He says, this is the only way out. Turn the key and it all goes away. Desmond asks about the incident. Calvin says there was a leak in this magnetic energy. Now the charge builds up. Every time we push the button, it discharges before it gets too big. So that's the conclusion that we had drawn, right? Right. In in previous episodes, we pretty much came to that conclusion on our own. Desmond says, then why make us do it if we can just, you know, blow the whole thing up? And he says, here's the real question. Do you have the courage to take your finger out of the dam and blow the whole thing up instead?
1: It's all about that. It's all about that ultimatum.
0: Yep, exactly. It's
1: all about... The end end result, not the the immediate end result.
0: Right. So this has been, this was about year, year two, I guess, in the hatch. Our next flash is the day of our plane crash.
1: Yeah. So it's been, an, it's w- been another that we, year. That we learn at the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been another year now. Kelvin's leaving the hatch again. He says goodbye to Desmond, which kind of throws him off a little bit. It's, you know doesn't doesn't feel right the way he says goodbye. So Desmond decides to follow him. He notices that he's going through the motions of putting on this hazmat suit, but there's it a big a rip. hole in it. Yeah. yeah, there's a big hole in it. That he doesn't just, seem to it's notice.
1: It's just it's fucking security theater. Yep. It's like a TSA, him. all that stuff. It's just fucking <laughs> yeah. security theater.
0: He uh Desmond follows him outside and sees that as soon as he's out of the hatch, he takes that mask right back off and takes off the whole suit cuz None of it's real. None of it's real. Kelvin doesn't, exactly. doesn't doesn't think it's real.
1: Well, it's not real. I mean I mean the the quarantine part at least yeah. is again, I'm I'm so hesitant to say anything definitive.
0: Exactly. I mean this show is all about perspective.
1: Right. Like Calvin doesn't clearly, think it's real.
0: That doesn't mean it's not real.
1: It's clearly, at this point, it's not... It it not not uh, impact any, either of them in of a way that's apparent a way viewer. of will say that. will say that to be as <laughs> To hedge my bets as close as possible. It doesn't right. seem to affect them. Right. Breathing not, not the air outside we, the hatch.
0: Yeah. Not in a way that we have seen. Correct. Um, But we don't even know what this sickness is supposed to be.
1: Right. We don't know. We don't know what the symptoms. Right? We know we, that
0: they've both been driven mad by the hatch. Could that also be the sickness, though?
1: Right. Uh, just the, the results of an experiment. Right. Not even... Uh, it's not contagious. It's just... Side effects.
0: Yeah. Uh, So Desmond follows him all the way to this secluded little cove where he has hidden Desmond's boat. He's been fixing the boat in, you know, these little short intervals of time over the past three years. He offers to let Desmond come with him. Desmond says, what about the button? And uh, Kelvin says, screw the button. He says, who knows if it's even real. I lied to you this whole time because I needed a sucker to save the world after I left. Desmond loses it and and lunges at him. They fight for a minute, and then he hits Kelvin's head on a rock accidentally, and and Kelvin dies. And kills him. Yep. Desmond hoofs it back to the hatch, and the whole thing is going to shit. (laughs) He has missed pushing the button. He's trying to push it over and over again. It keeps getting rejected and rejected and rejected, and then suddenly everything resets, and the numbers are accepted, and everything is back to normal.
1: So, was it that he was mistyping the numbers, or they weren't taking the numbers?
0: It is... uh, I don't think that he was mistyping the numbers.
1: Because when they show the quick shots of the screen, like, the first time they show a a shot of the screen after... So, it's it's after it starts when shit hits a fan and he's typing. It shows only, like, the first three. Yeah. So, I was kind of confused as to whether I was supposed to think... He's fucking it up when he's trying to type it in, and that's what's prolonging it. Or he has to type it in in a specific uh, interval.
0: Um, let me see. Hold on one second, but let me verify. Yeah, okay. So he is—he's struggling to input the numbers correctly.
1: So if he fucks up putting in the numbers. Yeah, he's he's fucking okay.
0: up that sequence over and over again, and then finally he gets it right. Okay, um, and that's why I was resets. I was curious yeah. about.
1: So he, he it is kind of like a he's struggling. It's not that it's fighting him; it's that he's having right, a hard right. time putting them in. Okay,
0: yeah, he's he's just not putting them in right um, several times, and then he does it right. And this time we see all of the hieroglyphs, so now I can tell you, you know, before we only got to the point where we saw a couple of them before it reset, right? But this time we see all of them. It was confirmed by Damon Lindelof that the translation of the hieroglyphs is underworld.
1: Interesting.
0: So, before we saw enough that fans said, okay, from, from like the translation of these glyphs, it looks like it translates to something about death. But now, with all of them together, it translates to underworld. And the symbols are, I guess, in the, in the translation, these symbols are called folded cloth, curl, vulture, and stick.
1: Folded cloth, curl, vulture, stick. Yeah, okay. they
0: translate to underworld.
1: I thought I thought there were five symbols.
0: Or oh, wait, wait, wait! I'm missing one. Hold on. Because there's fire, two, fire, comma something. Three. Folded cloth, curl, fire, vulture, stick.
1: Okay, fire tracks too.
0: So yeah, underworld.
1: Is it the same every time we see them, or is it different? Because I felt like at the end of the episode it was different.
0: Mm, no, I think it's the same every time.
1: Okay, folded cloth, curl, fire. Fire. Vulture. Vulture. Stick. Stick.
0: So, yeah, he pushes the button, everything goes back to normal. Our final flashback of the episode, Desmond is drinking, and he gets our mutual friend, suggesting he's probably about to end it all, right?
1: Yeah. He was, well, he's he was sitting at that, like, diner table staring at a gun.
0: Yes, and... You know, even even more than that, <laughs> the fact that he grabs our mutual friend. Right. And I guess he really hasn't even looked at it or opened it at all, you know.
1: Yeah, cause it because it has a he note from his has,
0: Yeah, a note from Penny that he never knew about falls out. Oh, God. And it said, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, no. I love them. It says, all we really need to survive is one person who truly loves us, and you have that. I will wait for you always.
1: He said, oh, it says, do you have her?
0: Oh, you have her. Sorry. You have her. I will wait for you always. Desmond loses it. He starts tearing the place apart. He has just completely lost. He's completely lost it. He's lost Hope. He lost Penny because she was there for him and he chose to leave anyway. Yeah. And at that moment, he hears Locke having his breakdown at the hatch door.
1: And he spotlights him like a turns- deer in the middle of the <laughs> Alabama wilderness. <laughs>
0: He he turns the light on, and he sees Locke, and Locke sees the light. And in this interaction, they both get the sign that they need, that everything is going to work out. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> oh, that, God, that, the show! That,
1: that connection was...
0: Yeah, amazing? Uh,
1: both amazing and kind of brutal in the same way, like... Yeah, I of... mean,
0: knowing how it's going to end up. Yeah. But yeah, just... Wow, oh, my God, yeah, the the connections, especially like all of the parallels between this episode and the season one finale are just really striking. But yeah, this this reminder of this moment with Locke and the fact that you know not only did Locke get what he needed in this moment, but now we know that Desmond also got what he needed in this moment. Yeah, this show is flawless. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I gotta say about that. Flawless. Oh man, those are our flashbacks. Now present day shit has hit the fan with everyone. I guess we should, (laughs) both plot lines are equally suspenseful, but let's first talk about our plot line with the others and Michael and all them. We see Saeed arrive at our fake Dharma camp. And now we know it's fake because it's completely abandoned, right?
1: No, not only is it completely abandoned, because at first I thought, okay, well, they can retreat inside the hatch or the doors.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: But the fucking doors are fake, too.
0: But it's all fake.
1: It's all theater.
0: Yup, It's all fake. Yeah, so he opens the the hatch doors, and it's nothing. Yeah, it's fucking nothing.
1: (laughs) It's just more rocks. Didn't that make you
0: mad? Didn't that make you mad? Yeah, it
1: made me fucking mad. (laughs) (laughs) Where are they coming from? (laughs) no but seriously where are they coming from
0: oh um well marshall hey you want to know yeah Uh, well first of all i'm not going to tell you but we will learn more
1: okay good (laughs) thanks for at least you assuaged that fear
0: oh for sure we'll learn more and i mean one could argue we learn more in this episode a little bit
1: yeah that's true
0: michael's group comes across this huge mountain of notebooks Deposited from this pneumatic tube in the middle of nowhere. That
1: was such a fucking reveal.
0: So, Marshall, which one is the experiment?
1: (laughs) I don't know anymore. I mean, well, okay. Are we going to jump to what we learned through this episode? Because the observation, I guess, is the experiment. Because it it seems like when they press the button, it actually does something.
0: Right. Sure does, doesn't it?
1: So it seems like the Pearl Station... Was the experiment, to a certain extent. Yep. Because it just dumped it. It dumped it into the fucking <laughs> just jungle. in the middle of a field. It was a huge pile. That was so... <laughs> oh, man. The the feeling of... What, what is the term? Futility.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Was palpable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you never think that, like, a pile of notebooks will just evoke such, it like... It was nothing. Existential dread. It was
1: fucking nothing. <laughs> All of those oh, stupid plastic containers.
0: How I wish Locke could have seen that pile, huh?
1: Yeah, that would have... I don't know what he would have done at that point. Maybe just drowned himself.
0: <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, he probably would have ignored it. Hmm. He would have been like, nope, nope, nah, I don't see it. What pile? Nope. <laughs> the button's fake. Nope, don't talk to me. Oh, man.
1: That was the huge twist, the, the, the concern yeah. that, okay, just, hey, just maybe, maybe, maybe the so button suddenly. isn't fake. Yeah. Maybe the observation part is fake, but the, why the dread... would that be the fake part?
0: Yeah, because we're learning it so late in the game, right? Like, this is so early in the episode, but we know, oh my god, they're they're not going to push the button. They're not going to push the button. And now we see this pile of notebooks. Oh shit, they're not going to push the button.
1: <laughs>
0: oh man, it's so well done. The suspense in this episode is wild.
1: It makes me wonder what the, just every every aspect, What what is the point?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good question.
1: So are we supposed to take from that pile of pneumatic tube carrier things that the entire time their observation of Swan Station has been just a test, right? Like the entire time. It wasn't like they flipped a yes, the switch. Yes, that, that
0: I think is what we should gather, Okay. given everything we know at this point.
1: So the whole, the whole That's thing- That's a large-ass
0: po- pile of notebooks. Yes, yes. Suggesting I mean, that no, just no enormous. one ever came to- yeah, no one was collecting this this data. Well,
1: not only was it it not being collected, but like it wasn't even sent to another station. It oh was, yeah, it was going nowhere. It was it was, it was being down, dumped. It was yeah, flushed it was down dumped. the jungle toilet.
0: This is just a landfill, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the entire yeah. existence of Pearl Station is the actual test, at least from what we know.
0: From what we know, yeah, exactly. That's okay. that is the. Horrible realization that, that we should get from this pile of, this mountain of notebooks in the middle of nowhere. God. The no. pneumatic tube to nowhere. That was. Gut wrenching.
1: <laughs> yeah, crushing, I would say. Yeah.
0: So we have another realization. Saeed has, has lit the fire to send up the black smoke like he said he would, and it is very far away from our group. Right. And Jack has the horrible realization that their plan is not going to work because Michael is taking them somewhere else.
1: Yep, he fucking tricked them again. Yeah. He had a backup, I guess.
0: Well, he I, he was just never taking them back to that camp. I think his he was just following his instructions, which were probably oh, you don't think he had like an alternate? No, I don't think it was as intricate as all that. I think it was just they told him go here and the place they told him to go was not the same place that he came from.
1: I thought I thought like they, they were like, okay, go here, but if they find out, go here.
0: No, I, I really don't think it was that intricate on his part. I think he was always only taking them in that one direction. Because they probably realized something like this might happen, right? So they said, don't go back to where you came from, just in case anyone in your group catches on, right? But I don't think it was like a if this, then that situation. I think Right, so they just said,
1: said, oh, follow these directions, you'll come back here. But in reality, you won't.
0: Right, he was more or less just blindly following their orders. So when Jack starts accusing him, he's genuinely just like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going where they told me to go.
1: Yeah, because he he legitimately looks like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. When everybody's getting
0: tranquilized yeah unclear
1: because <laughs> it, it, lo-
0: it looks like they're being shocked
1: yeah it looks like they're being tasered but they're like just tased, getting like yeah. a, 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 a little, little teeny tiny dart yeah maybe they have some kind of special compound that we don't know of
0: yeah yeah they hear the whispers and they're ambushed and they all get shot with these little darts god poor hurley jack says to run and hurley just cowers in place and i relate to him very hard in that moment <laughs> yeah. that's how i react in a crisis yeah, they all get shot with the little darts. They are brought to a dock. Did you see what it said on the dock? No. Did you see? You didn't?
1: No, no, I did not <laughs> oh, see. Oh,
0: no, oh. It was the Paula. It had the name Paula on it. Oh. As in the Paula Fairy that we learned about.
1: I didn't see that. No, shit.
0: Yeah, so there we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, what the uh, hell?
0: A, a, la- a landmark that we've heard about before. The Paula Fairy, uh, or at least the dock where the Paula Fairy was. Or is. Is. Don't know. Don't know. Michael is standing free, but the rest of them are gagged and tied up. They're all, you know, the others are all in their costume makeup, but Kate says, we know that your beard is
1: fake. Tom. Tom, yes! Oh, God,
0: finally I can say his name.
1: Tom. You know how
0: hard it has been for me to not say Tom.
1: So he's not Zeke, he's Tom.
0: He's not Zeke, he's Tom. And Mrs. Clue says, she knows your beard is fake, Tom. (laughs) So the boat... That we saw them use before. The boat pulls up and it's got... Who else but our but boy Billy Gill? Henry
1: Gill. Billy Gill.
0: Billy Gill. Billy
1: Gill seems like he might be more important than I thought he was.
0: Um, Billy Gill certainly seems like he's the one in charge, doesn't he?
1: He, at the very least, he seems like the intermediate between yeah. these whatever, people and something else. Yeah,
0: whatever, whatever faction, you know... That we might be seeing right now. But he whatever, just shows
1: up and it's...
0: Yeah, whatever Everyone this, looks at
1: him with, like, reverence, almost. Yeah, yeah,
0: whatever this level of of <laughs> deception is, this level of the others, he is certainly in charge of this group. Now, we don't know how this relates to the Dharma Initiative or whatever. When he was in the hatch, he was talking about, quote-unquote, the man in charge is a great man, but not... But, not a merciful one, right? Is that what he said?
1: Yeah. So was he...
0: That was either all bullshit, or there is someone above him that he is afraid of. But or, certainly... Or he was
1: jerking himself off.
0: Well, right, right. That's what I mean. It's either all bullshit and he's talking about himself, or there is a true man in charge that is also in charge of him. But certainly the way he conducts himself in this scene and the way everyone reacts to him, he is the one in charge of this this
1: group. He is... Uh, he reminds me of Dick Cheney quite a bit. <laughs>
0: Whoa, I didn't expect you to say that.
1: Really? Okay, well, well, that's fair. Uh, He <laughs> strikes me as, oh, so he's like kind of unassuming. He's just kind of like a dumpy white guy, but all of a sudden he is in control on so many levels. But there's still implied that there is some kind of level above him, but we don't know if that's true or not. Just yeah. like how Dick Cheney was vice president, but he actually <laughs> ran the country for eight yeah. years while fucking Bushy Junior was was in there.
0: That's really interesting that you say that.
1: So it was. I mean, it's, just, it's it's it 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 smacks of that where it's yeah. You can have like a figurehead. You can have yeah. like this fucking jerk off Texas flyboy who's your actual president but then the entire time it's being run by dick cheney who's one of the most brilliant politicians to ever exist in world history yeah and i hate to give him that much credit but credit where credit is due (laughs) yeah he's on his third fucking heart uh (laughs) so uh i'll give him that much uh he keeps getting hearts uh no problem yeah Uh, so you know i guess either god or satan wants him to keep hanging around (laughs) But yeah, so he 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 was very much like I got very big Dick Cheney vibes from yeah from Billy Gill here. I was like, "Oh man, it's Billy Gill he's out there in the forest shooting his friends with a shotgun by accident."
0: <laughs> from this moment, the instant that he walks off of this boat,
1: he's got every everyone around him is yeah. is no, uh, the- it, raptured by his presence.
0: Uh, this is not an exaggeration. From the very first time I watched this show to today, the instant that he walks off of this boat to his last moment on the show, he is my favorite character. Okay. Far and above my favorite character. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> it. I mean, I believe it because he... There are, there are a lot
0: of other contenders, but God, just the switch between... When he's in a scene, it is yeah, he absolutely commands every scene that he's in. He commands every scene that he's in. And that's not gonna stop. (laughs) He's amazing. And that's just as much Billy Gill as it is Michael Emerson, the actor.
1: Because when 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 the boat shows up, it's like zooms in and you see like this fucking busted ass bald head. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it shows that busted ass bald head get up the boat and it's Billy Gill.
0: Yeah. And he's so and your asshole (laughs) tightens. Yeah, he's so soft-spoken, and he's, you know, he's barefoot. He walks up. He gives a little smile to Jack, like a friendly little how you doing" smile. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you again. He looks at Tom, and he says, where's your beard? And Tom looks at him fucking terrified, right? His head is, like, bowed. Yeah. He looks at him all sheepish, and he says, uh, I think they know.
1: So is is it, it leads me to think that that's what, when Tom is like, we gotta worry about what he thinks he's he
0: it sure feels like he is him yeah
1: he is him him is yeah. he. yes yeah just this
0: and then yeah he says, little pencil dick
1: fuzzy headed bastard
0: <laughs> oh man
1: sorry michael emerson i don't actually think you have a pencil dick but your character is definitely a pencil <laughs> dick fuzzy headed bastard and that's so, kind of why you're so scary
0: yeah it's terrifying Everything about him is terrifying, and it's amazing. And he's still all bruised and fucked up, and like, oh man, it just doesn't ah, even matter.
1: Big old creepy-ass eyes. <laughs> and his, uh, lo- his weirdly long neck. He's got a weird <laughs> neck.
0: Does he have a weird neck? I guess he has a weird neck. I
1: don't know, maybe maybe his his features are exaggerated by his character, but... He's just got a. He has weird face, weird eyes, weird nose. I mean, his
0: head. He always has like a slight tilt to his head, right? Yeah. Like he's he's always just this a, kind he's of just a weirdly
1: proportioned boy.
0: Yeah. It's, it's he's good. a weird he's good. a
1: weird shaped boy. He went to the school for <laughs> weird shaped boys. He came out uh, a plus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Billy Gill is talking to Michael.
1: Billy Gill.
0: He says, "I'm not happy with the arrangement we made with you, but we got more than we bargained for with Walt. So I suppose it's for the best." He tells him, "You know." We're gonna live up to our word. You get this boat, and if you follow this exact compass bearing, you will find rescue.
1: Let's say three twenty-five,
0: three twenty-four. Three, yeah, a compass bearing of three two five.
1: Three two
0: five. Follow that bearing exactly, you will find rescue. He says, "How do you know I won't tell people about where I where I was?" And Michael's or Billy, <laughs> Billy, Billy says, "It won't matter. You won't be able to find your way back." So. Based on our snow globe theory from the last episode, do you think that tracks?
1: Possibly. You think
0: do you think it's true that if they follow this bearing, they will get away? And I if don't they know. Get away, they won't ever get back.
1: Yeah, I, it's possible. I I, I I don't know. It it definitely seems like it's. Well, like when he when he does the thing, he's like Bon Voyage, Michael. Yeah, and then it was like. <laughs> Bon voyage, Michael. This is just like so <laughs> ominous. Like, okay, yeah. well, you obviously don't think this is going anywhere.
0: Right. So, anyway, Billy Gill says you'll get out, but then you can't get back. So, yes, I wanted to talk about the snow globe theory some more. So, why do we think that he would be able to get away, but then never come back?
1: So, if it's, if we reach back to kind of what we talked about last time, uh, the concept of kind of different reference frames and being within or without uh newtonian physics versus uh Einsteinian physics versus quantum mechanics it's all very it's all relative which i don't know it i, I, I don't want to sound pretentious what i'm trying to say is that like if the thing we're talking about is that this island this place operates within its own reference frame then yeah. it's separate from everything else, even if it is on the same place or in right. the same planet, right? Like, the yeah. the concept of gravity, the passage of time, that all is dependent upon relativity, right? So, it's... Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it, it
1: If it is something that, once you enter it, however you enter it, you become detached from... I mean, like, you, you know, uh, GPS satellites have to alter their actual time every every 24 hours because if they didn't they would be several hundred kilometers off
0: mm-hmm.
1: because of relativity so even yeah. though they they yeah. are around this planet and in the grand scheme of things they're not that far away they still experience uh, the effects of relativity so that's i guess what kind okay. of makes yeah. me think about this
0: yeah that's fair yeah, so the others seem to have, if, if what they're saying is true at all, the only thing we know for a fact is, uh, and that, even that seems silly to say on this show, but what we seem to have a concrete grasp on is somehow food is being delivered to this island.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So someone has a way of coming to the island. If Henry Gale is telling the truth about following this compass bearing and being able to leave, then they have a way of leaving the island. But it seems to be a very specific, you must hit this exact compass bearing and stay on it to get away. It's something they had to figure out, right? So they know how to leave, presumably how to come back, but no one else can without whatever knowledge they have, right? Not, right. If, if we're taking it face value, that what is it? Sure? And
1: I don't think it's quite as simple as just like going that direction. Okay. That would be way too simple for the show, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think okay. there's,
1: there has to be something else in play.
0: Maybe he's just sending Michael somewhere else. There will be some other step involved, maybe.
1: Right. Well, I mean, we, we know that Desmond set off and sailed for two and a half weeks, which would be 20 days, give or take. Yeah. And ended up in the same place, which, unless he, he did a three uh, 180 degree turn, wouldn't have happened unless something else is, ha- is happening in terms of the frame of reference of travel.
0: Right. Right.
1: He says Bon Voyage, Michael. He says Go 325, right? So it it either either that's a way to get out, or he's just giving him a heading that yeah. that is easy for him to come to.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, it doesn't matter one way or another because there's right. there's other things involved in escaping this frame of reference.
0: Okay. Okay. One final thing before Michael goes, he asks, "Who are you people?" And Billy, for the
1: good guys. It.
0: Billy looks at Michael and says, we're the good guys, Michael. What does that
1: mean? What does it, it mean, It doesn't mean Marshall? anything. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it maybe means everything. I don't know. But
0: they're the good guys. We're the good guys. It makes perfect sense, right? They're the good guys. Yeah. Okay. Walt and Michael are reunited on the boat, and they drive off into the sunset. And uh, Michael makes some real awkward eye contact with Jack on the way out. Yeah. I mean, it's not awkward. It's not. It's not funny or awkward in any way. It is heart wrenching and horrible. If I was
1: Jack, I would have been trying to make as many middle fingers as I like, <laughs> could. I mean,
0: he's trying to do it with his eyes.
1: <laughs> like, but even then, I mean, as you. much as I
0: as <laughs> as much as I make fun of Matthew Fox's goofy face, it was a good bit of face acting because you no, see, like,
1: I think it worked well in these last two episodes.
0: Yeah the the hatred but also the like
1: betrayal well there's betrayal. there's
0: there's hatred there's sadness there's relief i mean he he's with his son again right like it's all this together that he does a pretty good job of portraying in the like 10 seconds that his face is on screen
1: yeah i i think the thing is that he only has that and and that when it's applicable it works very well but when (laughs) it's just like oh i think kate might have Fuck Sawyer. It's like, okay, well, this isn't that big of a deal, buddy. Maybe rein it in a little bit. Yeah, he does the
0: the intense face acting for every scenario.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's what it is. But in this scenario, it's like, yeah, this is... Nothing about, like, the acting in any of this stood out to me in a bad way. Like, I thought it was all very...
0: Moving? Not
1: adequate, but, like, good. Like, it it tracked. Everything tracked everybody. Even though it was a little funny... To see everyone's two front teeth over <laughs> through the, the gags. gags. Yeah, I know, I know. And I know that's just kind of how human mouths work, but every like when Kate looked up, it was like, "It's like you fucking Rocky no, a Bullwinkle." I, I was like, I "All right, well, right. you could have."
0: <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Mrs. Clue, Mrs. Clue cuts Hurley free, and she sends him back to his camp. Yeah. She says, your job is to tell the rest of your people that they can never come here. He says, what about my friends? And uh, Billy says... We're not going to hurt them. Your friends em. are coming Deals home with us. deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he says, we're not going to hurt them, but he says, your friends are coming home with us. <laughs>
1: what does that mean?
0: Oh, man.
1: What does home mean?
0: Yep. Your friends are coming home with us. So Hurley leaves.
1: Because obviously it's not that stupid door. They all no. built.
0: Oh yeah, they're not. They're for sure. They're not going back to that little camp. I can tell you that much. That no, because the camp is a
1: facade.
0: Thoroughly abandoned at this point. It's a
1: facade. Yeah. I mean, it was that, the whole thing was a facade.
0: It was for Michael's benefit.
1: And I thought, and that's the thing it's like, it, it subverts expectations because I thought, okay, well, the living on the beach is a facade, and then if they need to like go take a shit or take a shower or like get some antibiotics, they go into the hatch, but the, the hatch is even real. So the whole concept of being there is a facade.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. They, uh, they're going home and it's not going to be there. What does
1: that mean? <laughs> they're going home. I don't want to go home with you Another... guys.
0: <laughs> yes, you do. Trust me. It's going to be
1: fun. It's going to be fun. Well, right. I mean, like, I, if I wanted to learn more, but if I didn't want to be in a horrible <laughs> mental and physical spot, I would like to go yeah. back to the beach.
0: So Jack... Uh, an- another bit of, I think, really compelling face acting, I guess if that's what you call it. Face acting? The look that Jack and Kate give each other.
1: As opposed to foot acting?
0: What? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> 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 I, I like this look, this silent exchange between Jack and Kate at the end of this. Like, Jack's face is like, I'm gonna get us out of this, right? Or, or... Not even that, but just, like, the anger. Like, let's let's fuck this shit up. Let's get out of here. You know what I mean? And Kate looks at him like, you know, I trust you, right? Right. A lot of it has been, their obnoxious relationship has been building to this. and This is, oh, like, one moment
1: where more. I was like, oh, this is a good moment where I'm yeah, not like, yeah. e-, you know.
0: <laughs> when they don't speak, their relationship is compelling.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good point. Oh, You're man. correct. When they don't speak, their relationship is compelling. Same with Sawyer, when he doesn't speak. His relationships with other people is compelling.
0: <laughs> so that was the others. Billy Gill, the man in charge. Let's talk about this other thing. The whole not pushing the button issue.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's
0: see where this goes. The episode opens with Charlie taking Echo to find the dynamite. Echo's genius plan is to use the dynamite to blast open the blast doors. Which is kind of the whole point of the blast doors.
1: Just it just doesn't make a a goddamn <laughs> sense. Echo he's, g-
0: he's gonna try it.
1: My guy.
0: Yeah. Charlie is desperately trying to get everybody to chill. He's like, hey, uh <laughs> You're like I when Charlie you is your
1: voice like... of reason, you have yeah. absolutely lost the plot.
0: Yeah. He's like, Can we maybe uh open the door and just talk about this and uh <laughs> Please don't make Echo use this dynamite. Like, hey,
1: we're about to blow some shit up outside this door, so could you (laughs) save me from this, maybe?
0: Yeah. We have another bit of, like, goofy-looking CGI for some reason. Did you notice this moment um, when Echo takes off Charlie's belt and throws it at the the magnetic door? Yeah. It looks very weird.
1: (laughs) It does look weird. Also, I... (laughs) So... (laughs) I was just thinking in this moment. I was like, I can only imagine the roller coaster of emotions Charlie is going through as Echo approaches him and rips <laughs> the belt man. out of his pants. <laughs> like he's very angry. He wants to destroy something, and all of a sudden, he is pulling the thing out of my pants that hold my pants up. <laughs> I am very scared in multiple ways. Oh man! And then he throws it at the 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 magnetic wall, and it sticks.
0: Yep. yep.
1: It would have Are we what? gonna talk about like what it would have done to them actually?
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, so he says, John, open the door and I'll forgive you and then you know, he doesn't. So Echo ignites the dynamite. Yeah. And we have a super realistic sequence of events where Charlie outruns the flames.
1: <laughs> yeah. The flames that <laughs> would have been there because that's not how dynamite works. Yeah. Also it would have it would have pulped Mr. Echo. It yeah. would have turned his brain into a nice uh gazpacho.
0: Yeah, he kind of just hid around the corner, like, right next to where he ignited the dynamite. Yeah. Like, right next to it.
1: Yeah, like, it's not, it's not the shrapnel that's going to kill you. It's the shockwave. It will yeah. turn your organs into a nice soup, but that's fine. Forever.
0: It was dramatic, but also just so goofy. Yeah, it was goofy. Just so goofy. As amazing as this show is, sometimes they try to do big action sequences that... If you think about it for more than half a second, it's like, wait, that's not how that works. <laughs> and
1: it's wild because they could have done it in a way that was believable. Like, yeah, they could have both run a certain distance and been okay from it. And, and then we come back later, the depiction of Charlie with... Like, he's almost deaf. Yeah, yeah. Was very well done. Yeah. Like, that's, as a person who's set off explosives and shot guns without ear, hearing protection, that is what <laughs> it's like. Like, yeah. <laughs> they nailed it. <laughs> yeah. But then, the it's just the intermediate parts where they're like, oh, well, I'm going to hide behind the wall, and I'm going right. to outrun the fireball. It's the like fireball. They, yeah. It's like, you know, you're so close. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the dynamite does not blow open the blast door. Desmond wants to go out and make sure that they're okay. Locke refuses. There's half an hour left. Desmond is really kind of reeling now and having second thoughts. He says, is all this because you need to look down the barrel of a gun and find out what you really believe?
1: What a great turn phrase.
0: Yup, and super accurate. Locke says, I thought it was my destiny to get into this place. But then a kid died because he was stupid enough to believe that I knew what I was talking about. And then he died for nothing. I was up there. The night he died for nothing, I was up there beating that door, screaming to the heavens, asking what I should do. And then a light came on. I thought it was a sign, but it wasn't a sign. It was probably just you going to the bathroom. But then, of course, this is when we learn in this episode that, no, it it was much more significant than that, right? It wasn't just... Desmond going to the bathroom, right? It was intentional. And not only was it intentional, but it was at such a key moment
1: for both of them.
0: For both of them, Locke saved Desmond's life by being there, yeah. pounding on that door and screaming.
1: And Desmond probably saved Locke's life just were And it, so. Yeah,
0: and, and Desmond saved Locke's life by turning on the light.
1: Yeah, it goes back to the what they're who they're named after the empiricism component of it, where yeah, your perception is reality. You know,
0: right, right, exactly. Your yeah, your experience is reality. Desmond starts asking more about the pearl. This is shortly after we see that pile of pneumatic tubes. So Desmond spells it out for us a little bit. He says, what if you've got it backwards, and what if the experiment wasn't on the two men in here, but the two men in there? Locke, of course, just gets pissed off at this suggestion. He gives Desmond the log that was printed out from the computer and is like, you know, look at this. (laughs) Just read through this to kill time. Oh my god. So did you... Did you suspect at this point what was about to happen? Yes. Yeah, that he was going to look for the date of the plane crash. Well, that,
1: that something f- from the flashbacks was going to line up with something that happened in the the main timeline. Yeah.
0: Be- well, do you remember back in the, the beginning of this season when Desmond asks, how long have you guys been here? And they tell him like 40 days or whatever. It almost looks like it rings a bell to him right a
1: little bit yeah
0: so that kind of seed has been there all along of like something about how long they've been here is significant to him and now we know he finds the date that their plane crashed and that is the date and time that the system failure occurred and he says i think i crashed your plane yeah oh my god
1: so there is something to this geomagnetic yes. anomaly yeah
0: it it is real in some way there's 4 minutes left the timer's starting to, the the alarm's starting to go off Locke still insists that they not push the button this this final piece of evidence from desmond is still not enough for him he does not want to hear it he says i know what i saw it's a lie none of it's real Locke breaks the computer and desmond says you've killed us all and Locke, yeah. Locke says no i just saved us all yeah he's such a little piece of shit Oh my god!
1: It definitely was a polarizing moment where it's like, okay, well, whatever you've done, it's gonna have consequences.
0: <laughs> right, right. Desmond grabs our mutual friend to get the fail safe key.
1: Well, he he goes back to the computer and he hacks the doors to be open.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. He he
1: yeah. And then he opens gets out the of, of there. Yeah. Pulls that ping pong table out of the way and then finds <laughs> his copy of our mutual friend.
0: Yeah. yeah. He tells John, he says, you saved my life so that I could save yours. I'm going to blow the damn. I'm sorry for whatever happened that made you stop believing, but it's all real. I got to go make it all go away. I'll see you in another life. I'll see which you in another the... life, brother.
1: I'll see you in another life, brother. Uh, which is the second time he said that.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. First time he said it to Jack. Mm. Shit is popping off now. <laughs> <laughs> Echo sees John looking uh, terrified as everything is just like, imploding around him
1: (laughs) yeah a lot lot of stuff happens in the a
0: a lot is happening and he says i was wrong
1: that moment was so good
0: oh isn't it so again this is like the fifth time it's happened this season (laughs) yeah (laughs) where we see him just like thoroughly put in his place
1: like, i was wrong
0: i was wrong oh
1: man and he says it with such sincerity like it's i know yeah i was wrong I mean, it's just it's it's so good. Well, because yeah, because he's
0: about to fucking die. Like he he yeah. he killed them all.
1: Yeah, he killed yeah. them all. Well, he's faced with with the consequences of his actions, but it yeah. But finally, it, <laughs> right? But it, it that's what it takes at yeah. at this point. There's so many things that he does in and around all the interactions of the other characters, but this is where the the beast has come home to roost. Yeah, exactly. right. And he has to face it, and he's like, yeah i fucked up. <laughs>
0: so Desmond turns the failsafe key. So good. And then what happens next is a wild sequence of events. Yeah.
1: What? What was that? Oh, Marshall. What happened? I can't.
0: I can't tell you that. Come on now.
1: What actually happened? You can't. You can't give me like I a little bit of a, tip I bit of
0: a hint. I uh, can I can tell you what we saw, which is oh, there was little. a
1: a little bit of a clam
0: we heard a crazy loud humming noise and then the sky turned purple
1: that wasn't even i mean a humming noise i mean it was like a trill kind of uh i don't even know like a it was like an earworm almost
0: yeah yeah
1: very high pitched yeah uh, almost like a brown note but not quite yeah and the sky turned white and purple i thought it was mostly white
0: well, there was a the bright flash, but then as, like, it faded, you could see the sky was this bright purple color. Okay. And the hatch has exploded. Yeah. We see uh, the <laughs> that that good old quarantine door again, just like it did at the end of season one. We see it fly up in the air and crash down to the ground
1: i mean it it not only did it fly up in the air it's like it came from orbit almost like oh
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: so here's my question and you know obviously you don't have to answer this sure like everything else so we see the whole sequence where i don't know the geomagnetic anomaly within the hatch within the swan base yeah start to attract other metallic objects yeah. Um, like forks and knives and plates and cans of corn, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So my thought was, did that door get pulled down into the hatch and then ejected, or did it get pulled up into the air and then released?
0: Um, I feel
1: like it got pulled kind of into the ground. Yeah. And then yeah. ejected like a yeah. volcano.
0: Yeah, I would say that is what happened. Okay. So, yeah, we see that whatever the fuck is happening is happening to everyone all over the island, right? The entire sky over the entire island is turning this color. Everyone's hearing this noise. You know, we see even Billy Gill looks freaked out by it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, it's done. It's over. Everyone's, you know, straightening up. Charlie comes back to the beach. Locke, Echo, and Desmond are nowhere to be seen. Yeah, uh, He's shocked that, that Locke and Echo were not back. So that's not great. Uh, not a great sign. <laughs> but you know what is a good sign? Charlie and Claire kiss. They <laughs> have a little kissy kiss, Marshall. Yeah, that's
1: fine. That's fine.
0: In the season with that some was, fucking hope.
1: That was the least interesting part of this episode.
0: Oh, blah, 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 blah. My name is Marshall and I hate love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I don't... I don't hate love, but I, I certainly feel, uh...
0: My name's Marshall, and I'm indifferent about love on my show about adventure and sci-fi. <laughs> There's no room for love on this show, unless it's Jin and Sun and no one else.
1: <laughs> wow, that's- so that's your impression of me. It's like- it's- it's like Cartman. It's like a slightly less retarded Cartman. <laughs>
0: I have a secret. That's just the voice I do for my impression for everyone. Ah, <sighs> so funny. Oh, man. Oh, but wait, it's not over yet. You thought it was over. But we still have one last scene.
1: It's Somewhere... actually going to sound like a toad dipshit this part of the <laughs> episode?
0: Somewhere in the Arctic. Oh, this,
1: a... this fucking sequence was what? I mean, okay.
0: <laughs> there's two men in a monitoring station.
1: Are, what are they speaking? Spanish?
0: No, the subtitles I think said Portuguese.
1: Okay. Because they sound halfway between Spanish and French, and that's Portuguese.
0: Portuguese, yep, there you go. Make Your Own Kind of Music is playing, which is the song that was playing in The Hatch at the beginning of the season. Fun yep. Fact. On the screen, it's beeping and saying electromagnetic anomaly, anomaly detected. detected. And did you catch everything they said?
1: Did we miss it this time? Yeah, or... they said that's
0: it, isn't it? We missed it again. And then they say, so it's not a false alarm this time, right? And then um, he says, shut up and call. So they
1: and they call, call Penelope.
0: Penelope Widmore. I think we found it.
1: I think we found it.
0: Ooh! Oh my God, Marshall,
1: what the fuck? So, uh, yeah, what the fuck? So, so she is searching for Desmond, I can only with assume.
0: Enough, with enough money and determination.
1: You can find anybody.
0: You can find anybody.
1: And they got it, some people in the Arctic to look for geomagnetic anomalies, and they found it. Oh, man.
0: So obviously... We will learn more.
1: (laughs) 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 Obviously,
0: we will learn more about this whole dynamic between Penelope and Desmond, and you know, her searching for him and searching for it. I gotta say, I think I think I mentioned this on the show a while back. I read this article. It was like it, it blew me away because it was a very recent article. And it was like a ranking of all of the T V romances of all time. And it was like the number one T V romance of all time in this list was Jin and Son. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, that's fucking awesome. Wow. First of all, you know, something from Lost made number one of a list in like the year twenty twenty one. Right? Like yeah. that was crazy. And I was like, Wow, yeah, Jin and Son are so deserving. But also at the same time, in my heart, it's my opinion <laughs> does In your heart of hearts. My heart of hearts. <laughs> Oh, Penny and Desmond. We are going to learn more about them. Oh, my God. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. What a way to end the season, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it brings up so many... Well, this is fucking just the same shit I said last time. It brings up a lot of questions, huh? Really, guys? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Boy, it brings up a lot of questions. The The big thing is that whatever they're going through on the island is observable from the outside.
0: Yes. That's yes. a huge
1: revelation. Because that is huge. It's it goes beyond what Desmond thinks of it. Yeah. Being like this is the only thing that's left.
0: It 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 must somehow exist on the same plane, right? Yeah. At least in insofar as they're able to pick up this anomaly on quote unquote our plane of existence, meaning yeah, there is some overlap somehow. Yeah,
1: there's something there. There's something yeah. tangible enough that they can't identify it. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go ahead and make an assumption. So mm. they're Okay. They're in the cold. I'm gonna think they're close to a pole of some kind, whether it's the top one or the bottom one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what's the terms? North or South Pole? Yeah, <laughs> the
0: top one. or the, I like the that. The top
1: better. or the bottom. The top one, whatever. One or the bottom one. You you get, people get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, if you're kind of in this loose sci-fi realm, thinking about, I guess, detecting things outside of the norm, it just feels right to me that you would want to be near one of the poles the to poles, pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't have any kind of explanation for that other than the fact that it like seems correct. Okay, you know what I mean? Like you, you. Yeah,
0: no, I know you, what you mean. Yeah, I
1: don't, I don't have any kind of scientific reasoning, but it's just like <laughs> it right. seems cool. Yeah, um, they're in our frozen wasteland and they pick up the the, the signal. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, obviously whatever they're in is also in the real world, which I never right. doubted that part. Like I, I always thought it was in the real world, but the question was, is it? Actually, like, a, like, like on, on an ocean. island, yeah, yeah, in the real world, and then everything is distorted, or is it this place you can only access through a certain way, right? right. And that's why they chose to do experiments there because that'd be perfect. Like, yeah. if you found this kind of alternate reality, yeah, easily accessible within your own, why wouldn't you do experiments there? <sighs> but it just leaves me wanting more.
0: So, the simple fact of this brief scene taking place. Like you said, seemingly near one of the poles. Yeah, a lot of fans instantly drew this conclusion, or not, con- not conclusion. We can't draw any conclusions. But it reminded a lot of people, hey, in season one we saw a polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you make of that?
1: I mean, I, I, my, my knee-jerk reaction is that there's some kind of overlap or crossover. There's this, there's this concept of bubble dimensions where we yeah. are kind of. A bubble on a bigger bubble, and then you intersect other dimensions yeah. as you as you move throughout space and time. And so it facilitates similarity between uh, interactions, but it doesn't necessarily mean that things track in a, a Newtonian or an Einsteinian sense of physics. So yeah, I could see something like that where there's like a crossover; it bleeds into it a little bit.
0: Okay. Oh, Marshall. <laughs> More does clearly. that all sound
1: cracked out? or does, It absolutely
0: that... does not. No. I've been writing down what you're saying because we're going to want to talk about <laughs> it again. And not not like last episode where you said that you think someone's going to make the foot statue out of food, uh, which I also did write, out, write down so we could talk about <laughs> it. But I'm writing all this down because you are onto something.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Rest in peace, a mashed potato foot statue. <laughs> Someone's someone's fetish is being left unfulfilled.
0: <laughs> oh shit. That's uh that's season two of Lost.
1: This feels like it's been eight years.
0: <laughs> this season, yeah, it at the same time felt insanely long and also not long enough.
1: It's a weird it's almost like the show is dilating time by itself.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's seeping into reality. Oh, oh. no. Oh god. Oh, but, but don't think I'm going to leave you without any fun facts.
1: Give me some fun facts.
0: I got some fun facts for you. Give me some fun facts. First of all, we have some parallels between our season one and season two finale that I, I pointed out throughout the throughout the thing, but here they are again. We saw the Hurley bird in both the season one and season two finale. <laughs> the season one and two finale both ended with someone, specifically Michael and Walt, sailing away on a boat and or raft.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Both season finales involved using dynamite on the hatch, and both season finales involved the hatch door crashing to the ground with quarantine facing up in a dramatic fashion. Wow. I thought those were some interesting uh interesting parallels. The first, you know, first season finale was all about blowing open the hatch, and this season was all about destroying the hatch.
1: Yeah, I don't uh it's hard to, like, parse all those extra things together outside of just the standard thoughts I have about yeah. the episode. It makes sense, like, they tie all that stuff together, but trying to reconcile it with the other stuff I've said <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oh and, and uh my other fun fact i forgot i meant to mention this earlier when i was going off about penny and desmond and how perfect they are <laughs> penelope uh in the odyssey and the iliad is the wife of odysseus
1: that's right
0: so penelope is kind of synonymous with like fidelity and you know her whole at least obviously we were just introduced to her but her whole shtick seems to be that she's been waiting for desmond all this time right and has never given up on him just like Penelope in *The Odyssey* waited for Odysseus all those years and never gave up on him. And if that isn't perfect, that's really good. Then that's I really don't know well what done. is. I can't like, oh, I can't even talk about Penny and Desmond without wanting to cry. They're so good. Um, yeah, I told you about the hieroglyphs uh, translating to underworld. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Oh my god. I don't want season two to be over yet.
1: I know. It's it's <laughs> wild. The setup, it's it's very subtle, but it, it definitely tracks as you look at it more. But the comparison between David Hume and John Locke being empiricists, mm-hmm. but from different, slightly different time periods, not super different, not only different time periods, but different regions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. During and post-Enlightenment, it was a huge change in, in philosophical thinking, but the idea of Reality being based on your observations only, yeah, is just a great concept f- for <laughs> these two characters. It's yeah, it really is so fucking fitting. Yeah, because it's not just it. it, it, it this makes more sense now that you have a uh, David Hume to kind of contrast it against. But it's not just a faith based approach because right. it it is super dependent upon what they see. Each one of them. And that, man, I love that juxtaposition. It uh, smells good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I find this incredibly hard to believe because I never felt this way, like even for a minute, my first time watching the show. But for a lot of people, this finale was like too much. Too much? The end of this season for a not insignificant number of viewers was when the show started to become too complicated and they jumped ship. Interesting. So for a lot of people, season three kind of was a return to like more easily graspable concepts. And then seasons four through six were just like, this is too crazy. I can't handle it anymore. But for for a lot of people, yeah, season two was like the beginning of now this is too much. I can't handle it. Which is just wild to me.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot, but that's kind of the thing that's like I want to know more.
0: Yeah, and it's so, like, like the driver getting, of
1: me watching it is the fact that there's so much shit going on.
0: Into I, I think it's just like the the mindset that you have going into the show because when this show first first came out, it was just pitched as like an island survival show, right? <laughs> And season just one, Jeff
1: Probst and a bunch of his friends on an island.
0: Season one, more or less, when you know there were supernatural elements in it, but more or less it was just about this group of people surviving on the island, right? And then season two, we start to get real existential about it.
1: There was the fucking just, smoke monster in the first season. I don't know. Yeah, how...
0: no, I'm, I mean there there are elements, yes in the first season that go beyond just island survival but it's a much more simple and much more linear show and then season two we're already starting to get a little bit more abstract so a lot of people there's a lot of debate over whether season two is better than season one or vice versa so for me i feel like a lot of people who were watching this show knowing absolutely nothing about it probably think that season one is the all-time best and then it Shit just gets crazy after that. But it's like, if you go into the show already knowing that you're in for a wild ride, I think that season two is way better than season one. Way better is maybe a little harsh, because season one's very good. But I think that season two is better than season one, personally. So now that you've seen both all the way through, where do you rank them Do you, did you i think, think season, season
1: was... two overall is better yeah my big conflict is that in season one the show was a lot simpler yeah so that when they introduced these concepts in the finale it was a big impact yeah. whereas i'm not saying that what happened in season two finale wasn't a big impact but the fact that i'm already kind of always thinking about the most wild shit possible yeah yeah, maybe you're
0: a little desensitized to the twists, maybe. Right. Yeah,
1: okay. I, I think season yeah. one finale had a bigger impact, just like emotionally, okay. but I think the concepts and the things that are closed and opened at the end of season two are better yeah. and more interesting. Um, because there's just more stuff going on and yeah. there's just more things I want to learn about because they 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 keep adding different levels like right at the end of season one it's like okay what's the hatch but at the end of season two it's like who are the others are they the hostiles what is yeah. the purpose actually like okay we we now know that there's something actually going on when they press the button or they don't press the button right there's all these other concepts that are expanded upon yeah at the end of season two so i think season two is definitely better yeah. than season one okay. but at the end of season one when they open the hatch i definitely was more like oh my god okay you know what i mean
0: okay. yeah that's fair it, it is i guess it's close it's a close call for me the introduction of the the true introduction of henry gale and god I that mean, was not insane i'm Struggling to not say his real name, but the true introduction of his character and then that end scene with the whole, I think we found it, that to me evoked more of like an oh shit, I have to know what happens next, even more than the opening of The Hatch in season one. But I will say, for me, the bottom line in this show always is this show is all about the characters. Yeah. So for me, the show can only get better and better and better because we are learning more about the characters in every episode and they are the heart of this show and the insane strength of this show is how amazingly fleshed out the characters are. So, you know, it follows that the more the show goes on and the more you learn about the characters and the more new characters are introduced who are just as amazing and compelling about the one than the ones we already have, the show can only get better. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Right. I would say that... A lot of
0: people disagree, but that's how I feel.
1: I would say that if you look at the both seasons independently of each other, I would say that the ending of season one was a 10, where most of the other episodes were maybe around like a 7 or an 8.
0: Okay. (laughs) The
1: end of season two was a 10, where most of the episodes preceding it were like a 9 and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah. So,
1: relatively... It was good, but it wasn't like groundbreakingly over the other ones. This is all just kind of no, no. That makes say like it was an excellent uh, season finale. So regardless, it was an excellent (laughs) season finale. I mean, it's it it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It was very good, and it makes it still makes me want to watch more of it. So it it accomplishes the task.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that they
1: set out to do, even though the show isn't serialized. On the television anymore. Like, I still (laughs) want to watch it.
0: Well, we... You had the proper reaction to this finale. So, good news, everybody. We're going to keep going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if I hadn't had the proper reaction, we would have ended the show.
0: (laughs) No, I wouldn't let you stop.
1: She would have sent me a a horse head in the mail. (laughs) It's like, you're done. (laughs) You don't get it.
0: we're done when I say we're done.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) We're not done. That's
0: so legitimately
1: frightening. Was that threatening?
0: Was that threatening?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are gonna come back for season three. We are probably gonna take a little bit of a break, but not too long. I didn't have another kid this time, so <laughs> not as long. <laughs> not as long as the break between season one and season two. But we will take a little bit of a break. But you can still reach out to us on social media, because I will definitely still be interacting with those. We're on Twitter at Jungler Mystery. We're on Instagram at jungle mystery pod. And we're on Gmail, junglemysterypod at gmail.com. And it's true that I don't post very often, but seriously, if you reach out and message us, I will message you back in a heartbeat because I would love to talk about Lost.
1: Yes, we are open for conversation. And by we, I mean Elizabeth because she runs (laughs) that part of it. Uh, You can find our podcast on Spotify, on Anchor, where we publish the podcast. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and some other places. The majority of people seem to be listening to us on Spotify. Okay. Like 85% ticked up quite a bit. But if there's any other places you want to listen to us and it's not complicated, just let us know, I guess. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to limit anybody. We picked the easiest path of least resistance, but if there's another thing that we should look at, you know, just let us know. We've never done this before. It's the first time. Yep. Okay. Well, it's not as long as the other one. The other one was two hours. So we're still (laughs) 22 minutes short. Uh. Say the thing.
0: All right, guys. Until we see you again, talk to you again. Season three. Shut the fuck up. Let me try that again. It was gonna be heartfelt. Oh. Until we talk to you guys again in season three, just remember: if we can't live together, we're gonna die alone. Hello, fellow lost fans and listeners of our podcast here at the Jungle of Mystery. We had a great time watching Season 2 and talking about it with you guys. Uh, we're going to be taking a short break before we start Season 3. We're very excited to dive into Season 3 and the rest of the show. No babies were born this time, so it's going to be a shorter break than last time, I promise. We will see you guys again in May. And until then, we'll see you in another life, brother.
1: So, t- okay, real quick. Yeah. 325 is... Uh, thirty-five short of being three hundred and sixty. Okay. Okay, and thirty-five is twenty-three plus four plus eight. Okay. So those are the three of the numbers.
0: Okay. Yeah, you you found a way to put three of the numbers in there.
1: Okay. Don't make me. Don't make me <laughs> sound like I'm the the fucking tinfoil hat motherfucker in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> is that that much of a stretch? Um. Yes. Oh come on. Okay. Well, you know what? Seriously,
0: the way you did that. (laughs) Seriously, Marshall.
1: I I pulled up. I did math. I did fucking
0: math. That's good. Good mathing. Three
1: sixty minus thirty twenty five is thirty five. Thirty five minus twenty three is twelve. Four plus eight is twelve. Why does three sixty? What do you mean? Why does three sixty matter? The bearing on a compass is three hundred sixty (laughs) degrees.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: 325 is 325 degrees out of 360. I'm not pulling this out of my fucking rectum. (laughs) Everybody's sitting here looking at me like I'm talking about chemtrails.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. You can have it if you want. Sure. I can't have it. (laughs) Fuck me.
1: I thought I was onto something, and you just took a giant shit all over
0: it. I'm not saying that you're not onto something. I'm just saying- You absolutely are! What do you mean?
1: It
0: means nothing to me, but- It it means means nothing! nothing.
1: (laughs) Fucking hell. I can't believe this. I can't- I'm getting clowned on again. I literally piece everything together, and you're like, good job, dipshit. I can't fucking believe this. I did the whole thing. I sat here. I was like, I was trying to hold a conversation and also do the math because I was like, oh, I'm onto something. It's it's 360 <laughs> minus 35, which is 23 plus 4 plus 8. It's all the numbers. The numbers are there.
0: You're right. Okay. Yes, the numbers are there. You found the numbers. <laughs> In the I'm
1: gonna. You can I'm gonna hang myself with a 35 Marshall, inch rope. Marshall,
0: if we can't live together, we're gonna die alone, Marshall. <laughs>